You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Please visit us at radioregent.com and join our live chat, or connect with me at rebeccahayden.com. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. We have uh, Miranda Viers with us today, and she's a wellness coach. Miranda, can you hear me? Are you there? I am here. Great. So glad you're with us today. And Miranda and I... Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Miranda and I had a chance to, uh, to chat before the show, and uh, it seems we're having some very similar post-Ayahuasca experiences. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on the show, and that is, um, what is Ayahuasca? What is Ayahuasca? That is such a loaded question. I bet there are probably as many answers as there are people who choose to sit with her. Yeah, thankfully. Me, uh, I, yeah. Ayahuasca is a conscious medicine that's full of intelligence that is able to heal um, our mind, our bodies, and our souls in ways that we can't even begin to understand. I think of her as a spiritual grandmother who teaches and heals and just embodies love. That's a great answer. I love it. So um, let's begin by talking about where you were at when you first, uh, before you discovered um, ayahuasca and, and how it came about that you discovered ayahuasca, how that all unfolded. Sure. I was at a point in my life about well, about three years ago is really when it was at, at its worst, where I was battling um, depression and anxiety. I was diagnosed with ADHD. And with all of those things came prescriptions and medications. And with all of those medications came more side effects and more um, negativity. And I was just really at a point where... I was suicidal, quite honestly. I was at a point where I was suicidal, but I was with myself enough to know that that was not me, that this was uh, the medicine talking. It was, you know, it was not my authentic self talking. And I made a vow to myself that I was done with medicine. I wanted to know who I was without it. It had been a long time. I had no idea who I even was without this stuff. Um, and I just really made the vow that I was going to naturally find my way out of the dark hole I was in. And that led me down a few different paths. I began with, you know, looking at um, the products I was using in my home and, and the effects they could have. I began with, you know, the essential oils. I enrolled in the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. Um, after I had participated in a 12-week wellness program that focused on, you know, what I was eating and what I was putting into my body, and it also incorporated some exercise, and I couldn't believe how well I felt after 12 weeks. It was a complete mind shift. Mm-hmm. But after that 12 weeks, um, I fell off the wagon. It's not easy to change, you know, your your habits that you've had for for decades, you know? So I did, I found myself falling off the wagon and I um, started questioning myself like, okay, I I know this works, but how can I make it a sustainable, a sustainable way to live? 
And then how can I also teach other people? And that's what led me to the Institute of Transformational Nutrition. So I became a certified transformational nutrition coach. And that saved my life. It really did. But there was still something missing. There was still a lot of sadness and a lot of darkness. And I was surrounded by everything I wanted. I have a great husband. I have. I was able to be a stay-at-home mom. I, um, have, I have three great kids. And I had everything that I ever wanted. But I was miserable, and I didn't understand why. And I knew there was more healing that needed to be done. Um, a friend of mine actually asked me to research DMT for her. And this was a very weird request coming from her. Um, so right off the bat, it was it just kind of a light bulb went off, like, what is this all about? But okay. And it didn't take me long to come across ayahuasca, obviously. And as soon as I read the word, I felt something. Yeah. I don't know that I knew what I felt at that moment, but I felt something. And... You know, you hear a lot of people say that there's a pull if it's right for you. And I most certainly felt that pull. I spent the next few months doing a lot of research. I reached out to a lot of, not a lot, but I reached out to people who had had participated in ceremonies and how it helped their healing. And the more I learned, the more I just, it just felt right and I knew that it was right for me. Um, so I found a retreat. Um, Eagle Condor Alliance in Columbia, which is a which is a great a great center, and I made the plans to I made the plans in March to go down in April, and that's so kind of what year? led me to ayahuasca. <laughs> and this is last year. This was last year, yes. Okay, all right. So, um, did you tell your husband about this? How did he feel about it? How did your family feel about it? Did you tell them about that, this and what you were doing? And did you face all the things that a lot of us do with preconceived notions about drugs and their associations, um, you know, in, in the minds of people who, who are not aware of what the medicine is? Did you deal with any of that? And how did that oh, go? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My husband... He had watched a lot of the documentaries with me, so he was a believer in the medicine itself. What took a little convincing with him was the fact that I was going to be getting on a plane by myself and going to Columbia to sit in a Maloco to take this medicine <laughs> that that we really weren't familiar with, you know? Yeah. And really how it was put to him, um, you know, I, I addressed him and said, you know, is it, are you okay if I do this? And, of course, he said, hell no. <laughs> and they said, well, let me rephrase. I am an adult. I am not asking for a permission slip. This is what I'm going to do to heal myself. And it changed the conversation. And now he, he'll tell you it was probably one of the best investments ever. And we can get into that a little bit later. But sure. my family, um, yeah, I, I, I was. there was a lot of judgments out there, not only with the notion of, of it being a, a, a drug. They weren't comfortable with the fact that I was going to Columbia. Um, they, some of them chose to judge me for leaving my children for 10 days. Oh, goodness. You know, <clears throat> thinking that, that was kind of a, a selfish thing to do. But I was doing it for my children just as much as I was doing it for myself. And I knew that. Yeah. So it was really hard to not hold on to everybody else's fears. But I did it, and I'm so glad that I did. Yeah, me too. That's um, that's something that that is a real throwback. Um, this guilt-ridden, you know, idea of motherhood, and um, 
you know, anytime we do anything for ourselves, we're, we're doing it for everybody around us because it's improving us and it's improving, you know, our connections with others. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have had, I would have had a very broken relationship with my son if it wasn't for ayahuasca. So I identify with a lot of that stuff and so glad you had the courage, you know, to stand up and be, and be firm about it, you know, and have conviction. Um, but I'm sure, you know, there were times when that wavered because you walk into a very different situation when you're alone in a foreign country doing this <laughs> medicine that really challenges everything. Um, so I'd love to hear about that. But first, uh, and we will get into it. But first of all, I also wanted to find out about how you dealt with the medication uh, situation. I, I know from personal experience, I went through a long period um, and and of being on medication for uh, depression and, and, and anxiety and stuff like that. And they're not easy to get off. And, and I'm just wondering how that came about for you. Because I, I, I think I you have not. to be. Sorry? I did not do it the way you're supposed to. Oh, I, me neither. <laughs> I, when I chose that I was going to be done with medicine, I was done with medicine. I From that moment, I did not take another pill. So yeah, there was a few days there where... Um, you didn't feel real great. Yeah. Uh, but but I was not on anything. Part of my issues with the antidepressants was I couldn't find anything to even work for me. And then, you know, yeah. just the opposite. And like every one that they put me on, I felt worse and worse. So what I was on, I was not on any one particular for any longer than, you know, six to eight weeks before I was switched off it. Yeah. Um, I just <coughs> didn't consult my doctor. I just quit. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned uh, that you had this feeling of, of not being yourself. And uh, I think that many of us who have been on uh, antidepressants identify with that. There's actually this this thing that happens where it kind of divorces you from your feelings, and that's supposed to be the Band-Aid, and it is, but it's it's extremely unhealthy, right? So that mm-hmm. feeling of, of being distant from yourself and distant from your feelings um, you know, it's it's a horrible thing, and yeah, I did the same thing. By the way, I went cold turkey, but um, and and I had that same conviction. It's like I am so done with this, and I know you're supposed to taper off and all the rest of it. And it was hard for me because I went through serious withdrawal. Um, I'd been on higher doses of it um, in the last year before I I went off of it. And every time I went off, a low dose or a high dose, I went through withdrawal. Like I, and, and I didn't know what it was at the time, you know. I, I had this horrible feeling of, you know, wanting to jump out of my skin and couldn't sleep and couldn't relax. And, and, I, and it, it's the only reason why I stayed on them for so long. But once I decided to do the medicine, you know, somehow I think there's help there. Because <laughs> I went cold turkey and I supported myself with a lot of high... Um, potent, very potent uh, nutritional supplements, uh, but I, I had no withdrawal symptoms whatsoever, and that's that's really unheard of. So, you know, for those of you out there that are thinking of doing that, you know, there, there could be a way, but don't do it the way I did it, because I, I just did it, <laughs> I just had my own conviction and just said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to take this. Um, I, I'm sure that there are naturopaths and, and people who know about nutrition that could help out with that and make it a little less desperate than the way I did it, but um, it worked. And um, so there you were, and you had been off the medications for how long before you went to Columbia? Oh, at that point I'd been off the medicines for about a year, actually. Okay. 
Wow, that's about a year. that's amazing. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, I had like I said, I went off the medicine and and went through you know nutrition, and I learned meditation. I took meditation classes. And, okay. You know, I was really looking for other. You know, before I had heard of ayahuasca. I was finding these other ways to also heal. All right. I just didn't know the timeline of the medications. I thought that might have been the last piece, but that would that took place before you went and, and did the whole wellness exploration. That's great. So you were well yeah. off of it, and then you went down to Columbia. What was that experience like for you? Wow. It was one of the most life-changing and empowering experiences that I've ever had. And I was terrified. (laughs) I had never flown alone. I've never left the country alone. Certainly Colombia was not the country that I ever thought would make the top of the list. So it did come with a little bit of fear, more so just from stuff you hear in the media. That's right, yeah. However, Medellin is, is so safe after doing research and stuff. And it was beautiful, and the people were wonderful. So, yeah, it was definitely life-changing. And so if you could tell us about, you know, how that unfolded once you got there and um, your first ceremony and your thoughts going into it and, and things like that. Sure. And then sure. and then the what took place, I... like, between you and, and Ayahuasca while you were in the medicine? I know she doesn't always speak to everybody, but there's communication of some sort. There's an interaction of some sort. There's things you see or feel. And I'd love for you to, to, to go into that. In as much detail as you can. <laughs> sure, sure. So when I got there, it was, you know, we were both picked up at the airport by the facilitators. The particular retreat that I went to offered three ayahuasca ceremonies as well as two San Pedro ceremonies and um, two sweat lodges. So um, you get there and you meet everybody, and I can remember just feeling so connected to the entire world because here you are in this retreat with people from, I can't remember exactly how many other countries, there was like six or seven other countries that were represented there. And I can just remember feeling how amazing it was that this medicine brings people together. And and I knew I would never forget those people. I mean, as soon as I met them, I knew that they were going to be uh, a part of family, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first ceremony that we did was, was San Pedro, and um, I connected with that a little bit, and the sweat lodge was amazing. So that what was, was San Pedro uh, like for you? I mean, you you had never done psychedelics before, right? Well, I was. I, <laughs> I did. I, I okay. was a little stinker growing up, so I had some experience with, with psilocybin and LSD. Um, oh, well, not, not such a stinker after all, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that there's something in yeah. us that knows that, that there's something there, you know, that, that we want to explore for, for good reasons. So I, I think it's just a I, matter of attitude, right? I think you are absolutely right with that. I think from my first experience with um, psychedelics, uh, I knew there was something there. Mm-hmm. I just didn't quite understand it, of course. But yeah, me neither. <laughs> for me was, it was, it was um didn't have any visions or anything like that. It was an energy that I felt coursing through my through my body, and, and it helped with pain. I went in, I have what they call ankylosing spondylitis. It's an autoimmune disease that um, 
basically try to fuse your spine together. Oh, goodness. Um, so I was in a little bit of pain from the flight, and I left that ceremony with, with zero pain. Wow, that's um, nice. Yeah, it was it was an energy. That right. was really what I took from San Pedro. I did not get to participate in the final San Pedro ceremony due to my moon cycle crumbling coming, and, mm. and they uh, part of their beliefs were, you know, that they, you don't participate, which was fine. Um, I was really there for the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. But that was probably a good primer, I'll bet, to be pain-free yeah. and going into yeah. that. That's great. So it was the next night ayahuasca, or...? We we had we had a night off and then we did the ayahuasca on Monday night. All right, so tell us about that. And the first ceremony, um, you walk into the maloka. I can remember thinking to myself, like, "What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> are you seriously walking to go do this right now?" I was petrified. I was absolutely petrified. And to be fair, I think if anybody goes into an ayahuasca ceremony and they're not petrified, they've not done enough research. <laughs> because even though it's such a beautiful medicine, it's still such an unknown. You know, and yeah, it, for me, it was just very scary going into it. It's um, funny because you know it's true. We 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 encourage people to do research, but sometimes. Um, you know, well, in the end, you realize how pointless all of that is because <laughs> in terms of the experience, because a lot of people go in and they say, I'm going to listen to other people's experiences, so I'll have a clue as to what my experience will be like. And in the end, you know, we all know deep down that you can't know what your own experience is going to be like. I can't know what my next experience is going to be like. It could be entirely different than the rest. So there is that unknown. But it's it's sad that, you know, there are people that are frightened because of the stories they've heard. But, you know, it's just mm-hmm. it's just the way that we're exploring this, right? And, and yeah, there are a lot of people who are scared because of things they've heard and, and inspired by things they've heard. I hope that's one of the reasons absolutely. we're doing the show, right? <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. I think I was more scared of the purging than anything else. Oh, which sure. It sounds kind of silly, but I really don't like to throw up. No, me neither. Um, and, and that first ceremony... Um, you know, my intention going into that ceremony was, what am I? Oh, wow. You know, That's a exactly big one. <laughs> like, go big or stay at home. <laughs> but, yeah, and I can remember, um, I didn't get that answer right away. I did not have visions. Again, a, ayahuasca did not affect me that way during during any of my ceremonies as far as having visions. But what I did experience during my first ceremony was a lot of purging. And when I was purging, um, I could feel what was coming out. Okay. Tell us about that. And what I mean by that is I could feel the guilt coming out. Oh, good. I could feel shame coming out. I could feel certain experiences coming out. And it's kind of... I. before the ceremony, they had told us, you know, you thank Mother Ayahuasca for anything she gives you, whether whether it's what you're looking for or not, thank her because it's what you need. Right. And, if, you know, they said if, you, if you're throwing up or if you're purging, you thank her. And I can remember thinking to myself, you're crazy, that's not happening. <laughs> I'm not saying thank you for throwing up. However, the first time that I threw up and I was looking down into, in, in, into you know, what just came up and it was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. exactly what that was. And and after that, I almost looked forward to more coming up, more things coming up. Um, later on in that ceremony, 
my intention, you know, of, of what I am, I can just remember feeling and hearing the word love just uh-huh. over and over again. Yeah. And what I got out of that is, is of course, that we are all love. That's, that's at our core, that's what we are, that's what we come from, that's what we're going to go back to. We are all love. Yep. We just forget that, I think. Yeah, and that gets us into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> But yeah, if if nothing else, ayahuasca tends to, for many of us, get us over that whole big um, freaked out attitude we have about throwing up because, you know, you you can see so many benefits from it and it changes your view of these things. And even now when I get sick or, or whatever unrelated to the medicines, although I don't really live a life unrelated to the medicines anymore, um, I regard it as, as a, a purge, you know, like I, it's my body taking care of me, getting rid of something we don't need, you know, and brings us closer to, to that understanding as well, which is, which is wonderful. It's, it's great to live um, in, in symbiosis with your body instead of like, feeling like it's cheating you somehow or working against you when it's really not. So that's that's amazing. I, I love these stories because it, it demonstrates to people very clearly that we don't need the big show and the big visions to actually accomplish a great deal throughout ceremony, which obviously you did in many layers, it sounds like. So how did it feel after that? I'm sorry, what's that? How did it feel after that? Did you feel the difference? I was surprised at how much energy I had the next day and how um, alive I felt the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but in in the moment, even up until I left, I really wasn't sure what had healed or what, how, how those things were going to change my day-to-day life. Right. Yeah. And you know? We, yeah. You yeah. Know, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> in, in going into our second ceremony, which was the following night, that was a really special ceremony. I was fortunate to have um, a guest healer at this retreat, a Kofan healer, and he was very old. Uh, and he did personalized prayers over our each cup of medicine for the second ceremony with our intentions. We prayed our intentions into those. And my intentions going into that ceremony were, um, I'm always really careful how I, you got to be careful what you ask for sometimes, no, you know? absolutely. <laughs> so I can remember sitting there, they're going around and asking intentions, you know, how am I going to work this so I don't eat my word, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I asked for intentions to embrace love for myself and to let go of limiting beliefs, and, and, to, and to really learn how to believe in myself, even if there's nobody around me that believes in me. Beautiful. That's perfect. What a great intention. I give you top marks for yeah. that. <laughs> it, it took many of us a while it, it to get around to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was yeah. a beautiful ceremony. I, I had less purging. Now I, I contribute that to um, definitely purging a lot the night before, and then also... One of our fellow uh, participants gave us the idea to, well, maybe if we lay on our left side, we won't feel so sick because then whatever's in your stomach's not pushing on the opening of your stomach. And I think it worked. So if you're going on retreat, lay on your left side. It might help with the nausea. But not only that, that ceremony, during that ceremony, the healer's son 
was there. He was a, a seven. He was seven years old. Wow! And he drank medicine with us. Right. And watching the healer interact with his son during that ceremony definitely did something to my heart. It was such a beautiful thing to watch. And I I felt so much love in that room and between the two of them. And, in a, and of course, my mind was working in ways to help me with my intention. And so I worked through a lot of thoughts that I had about myself that night, and it was just really a lot of thinking and a lot of reflecting during my second ceremony. So uh, sometimes ayahuasca actually prompts these thoughts. Like, um, uh, did you notice that that was going on? Like, um, allows you to experience the kind of thinking that's working against you, the the type of thinking that that you need to remove in order to accomplish your intention? Did you, do you relate to that kind of experience or how was it in that way? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Many of the thoughts that came into my head were were things that I have no idea where they came from. You know, there weren't things that I would have thought of generally on my own. So she was certainly there and she was certainly guiding me to the areas that, that I needed to address. If I, if I wanted to really learn how to love myself, then I needed to address these areas, for sure. So ways of thinking that, that were against that, that were the opposite. <clears throat> Self-defeating thoughts, things like that, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and did she give you any techniques, or was it just this big lesson in that? It was really just a big lesson and really just uh, maybe a map of these are the things that we need to work on. Oh, good. Wow, that's cool. I like that. A map. Mm-hmm. And did you get the sense that this is a map uh, that was kind of like, okay, this is the work that we're going to do together kind of thing? I don't know that I understood that in that moment. Okay. <laughs> in hindsight, in hindsight, that is absolutely what happened. Right, okay. But in that moment, I don't think I really had a full understanding of what what was really happening. Yeah. So how did you feel after that? Is there anything else about that particular ceremony you wanted to share? Or? No, that ceremony, it, that was, that was kind it. of the gist of that one. It was, yeah, and again, just, you know, how it just amazes me how good you feel the next day after being up all night and, yeah. and going through this experience and how you just, you know, you walk out and it's like, okay, wow, let's, let's take on this day, you know? Yeah. And so um, then you just had one more ceremony to go, right? We did. Okay, we tell did us about that. the daytime ceremony, um, which is... Oh, was it during the day? From... from it was during the day. Wow, okay. I believe the medicine is made a little bit differently with a little bit of different intentions. Wow, okay. This was one of the only retreat centers that I found that actually offered that. And for me, this was by far the most impactful ceremony. And um, not only just ceremony in, in that aspect of the retreat, but really in my life. Okay. It was... How, how do you explain it? It was a lens cleaner. It cleaned my lenses to the world. Right. Um, so that ceremony, because that was a day, daytime ceremony, and um, I took more medicine that time because in that moment 
I was thinking, you know, I'm not getting these visions. Um, maybe I just need a little bit more. Mm. I didn't quite understand at that point that you don't need the visions to right. to heal, even though the facilitators kept saying, oh, trust the medicine, trust the medicine. Mm-hmm. I did opt for a little bit more um, that day, and it knocked my socks off. <laughs> I did, again, did not have visions, though. That's not the way she worked with me during right. that retreat. Um, but it was very intense. There was um, the purging, you know, definitely was, there was a lot of purging. There was, I do think I experienced an ego death, um, and I became connected with every piece of energy on this planet and mm-hmm. probably the universe. And just to kind of walk through that, you know, there was a... a point I really felt my brain really wasn't working correctly you know I I knew I was cold but I really didn't know how to ask for a blanket or to grab my blanket um, or even what to do with it (laughs) once I got it I just knew I was cold you know (laughs) I was sitting on the steps to the maloka and kind of looking down and was was throwing up in the dirt and can remember looking down at the dirt and, and feeling I was a part of that dirt I was a part of the ants that were crawling around. Uh, there was thunder in the in the distance, and I was connected with that thunder. I was connected with the sun and the trees, um, the cloud. Every person in that room, there was just a an area. You know, it was just a connection. It's the best way I can describe it. I was everything. It was beautiful. And there was a moment when I was sitting there, and and you know, just just kind of in the moment, and I felt in an instant, all the love that I, that from every person that's ever loved me in my life, it was just like, it was like a, a flash of, of pictures of every person who'd ever loved me went through my head. And all at once, I felt all of their love with me and taking care of me in that moment when I was feeling very vulnerable and weak and, um, you know, not feeling very good. But that love just totally surrounded me, encompassed me which then kind of brought me back to my first ceremony of what are we, you know, what am I? And it was love. And that's what I felt in that moment was that, that what I believe to be that true core essence of who I am and who you are and who we all are is that love. Right. That's a powerful uh, thing. A little while after that, I did, you know, I found my way back in, into the Maloka and, and laid that down. And shortly after that, I went into darkness. But it's the best way I can describe it. It was just it was just darkness. I was completely disconnected from my body. I can remember thinking I really have to go to the bathroom, but there's no way I'm getting there, and I don't even know where that part of me is right now to even take it there. If that makes sense, it was just like it was really a weird feeling. Um, and getting a little deeper into it, it was just my consciousness. I I knew I was breathing. And there was darkness, and that was it. There were no thoughts. There was no nothing, no memories. I have no idea how long I was like that, but I'm sure it had to be a few hours or a couple hours. And I kind of came back from that to uh, the shaman was in front of me playing his flute. And I looked at him and can remember saying to myself, okay, that's a human. I'm a human, too, right now. That's what I am. That's what I'm a human. He was. He had a blue hammock hanging behind him, and I can remember looking at the, the color blue and thinking, okay, that's blue, and I like blue. <laughs> Lifted my hand up and looked at my hand, and I was like, this is my hand, this is how it works. 
this is my body, this is what I use it for, um, this is my name. I had to pull pictures out of my family, and, and these are my kids. My life right now, when I go home, I'm, you know, I, have, I have bills to pay, I have you know, house to take care of, I have this life that I'm living right now. It was kind of like a sense of, I was gone, and now I'm back, and, and, and this is what we're doing right now. This is our, our, our journey right now. So, and I had to kind of remind myself of that. Wow. So you just went into a void. Did it, is, is this what you consider to be the ego death that you described? I do, I do. Okay. After reading up, a, you know, I didn't think that in the moment, but after I came home and and learned a little bit more and kept hearing that term and and looked into it, it was it to me it fit, you know. Yeah, it seems like you experienced intentional extremes, right? Because just before this happened, you experienced that immense love, and then you experienced mm-hmm. the you know the lack of that, you know, sort of the the, mm-hmm. the nothingness and. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. I, I had that experience with peyote, although it wasn't as extreme, and you did take a lot of medicine. There wasn't the lack of understanding of how my body worked, but yeah. And did so? Do you feel that that had a tremendous impact on you? I do. Yeah, that's a, a great deep it, healing. I think. Yes, it changed my view of the world. It changed the view of my purpose in the world, and really change the direction of how I address things, if that makes sense. Yeah, in fact, you know, the way that you described coming back into the world and coming back into the understanding of the role that you're playing and and all the characters and your kids and, and that, you know, there's the color blue, all that. It sounds like the ultimate reset. You know how we talk about reset, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's, it exactly. sounds so much like it. And we do use these terms that are very familiar from computers, but when you think about it, you know, it, there's a very big parallel there, right? It's like nothing, this dawn, darkness, and then suddenly, bit by bit, you know, the programs start running again, right? Control, alt, delete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but powerful stuff, because, you know, I, I sense that when these things happen, they, they really have a chance to, you know, allow us to approach our life from a very different energetic place, from, from somewhere very different, especially if we were experiencing a lot of pain and conflict and difficulty in our lives. So that's how that one ended. You were coming back, and, and you were, you know, this new you again, and and so that was the end of it for you, the last of that retreat? It was. It, it was. Um for me, that was my final ceremony that the next few days was just really in reflection. And, you know, I, I can remember getting on the plane to come home and, and, and being nervous. You know, like how, I know that this helped me, but how? And I didn't want to disappoint anybody. And I remember having that feeling, um, you know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom. We had a one-income one family, so, so getting there did put a little bit of financial strain, and I, I can remember thinking, my gosh, if I go home and I'm not changed, you know, my husband's not going to be happy, um, and I didn't, I didn't feel, it's not like you can feel like, okay, yep, my depression's gone, or yep, my anxiety's gone, you know, I had been, I'd been on a retreat for 10 days, of course I felt refreshed, but the real test for me was when I got home. Of course, yeah. And 
I tell you what, Rebecca, I think I learned more in the next six weeks than, <laughs> than, than ever, really. Right. Because the medicine does not leave us. It no. doesn't. You don't go on retreat, and, and, and then it's gone. You know, if you're doing your due diligence and you're integrating it into your life, as, as you know, I hope everybody does, she is certainly with you as long as you're willing to listen. And, you know, I had a few very profound experiences where... I really just learned really big lessons, you know, um, so, one of them being, I think I told you about this one. Yeah. Um, my husband, or I was like, excuse me, I was out in the, the backyard and I was just, just kind of talking to myself like, you know, why do I keep self-sabotaging myself? I know, I know where I want to be as far as, you know, business goals and as far as kind of mom I want to be and you know, just all these things, you know, and, but why won't I let, I let myself get so far and then I, and then I stop myself. Why do I do that? And it was like the wind was talking to me and it just said, you know, I, I'll never, I'll never allow you to change or you're, you're never going to allow yourself to change until you learn to love yourself exactly who you, you know, where you are right now. Because if you do change, the changes aren't going to mean anything. You know, we have to love ourselves exactly where we are in the moment or any change we make is pointless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get to that point where you thought you would find your happiness, and you're going to, there's always going to be something a little bit further ahead where, that you think you need for happiness. That was, that was one of the, um, you know, one of the moments where she spoke to me. I mean, quite, almost quite literally spoke to me. Right. And yes. another one <laughs> was I was in the middle of uh, reprimanding one of my boys, and I, I don't remember now exactly what had happened or what the situation was, but I was addressing it as the old me. And in the middle of my words, this voice came in my head that just said, listen, Miranda, you need to take a, take a breath and look at the situation from his perspective and then re- you know, readdress the situation from a new angle. And I can remember just kind of stepping back like, whoa, you know, where'd that came, come from? And, but I did exactly that, and, and it totally changed the mood of that entire conversation. You know, and that's something that I've tried to, you know, carry with me when I, you know, it's not always 100% successful. Mm, but yeah. when I'm dealing with anybody, I try to keep that in my, that lesson in my mind because it's so important to not be stuck in our own thoughts, in our own beliefs, in our own perspectives. Yeah, as you know, I can relate to this a great deal. And I was going to say... Um, it takes many forms, like you're saying, you know, she's always with us, and it's true. I believe that, too. Um, it's just that, like in the medicine itself, everybody has such a diverse um, experience with it, like um, from day to day and, you know, year after year. And um, and ayahuasca has its own way of communicating with you. So for some people, it will be synchronicities. It will be... Um, music or things that happen to them or things that people say um you know it could be all of the above or some of it that's really going to reach that person in in the way that they are receptive to you know just like in medicine Mm -hmm. so with some of us it's this this very pronounced voice and with others they're like oh well she's not with me because i don't hear the voice and it's like well it's not always that way you know and Mm -hmm. and it it's not a bad idea to go back and connect with how it felt in the medicine and, and to put your intentions there and your focus there and, and your attention there and see what happens. But yeah, I, I love your story. I love um, the on the spot lessons. Cause I, I get those um, all the time and it's, 
it's just this ongoing thing where, uh, especially with kids, you know, um, I, I tell people this all the time, something that I think a lot of parents can relate to is that when you become a parent, despite all of your best intentions of not doing what your parents did, um, that programming is pretty strong and it just comes up and overwhelms you at times. And, you know, you find yourself on autopilot doing the same things and it may sound a little different, but the feeling is the same, you know, and, and it, it, it does take something to shake you out of it and to get you to step back because they're very powerful, these emotions. Um, and, and I found myself in that situation many times with the same (laughs) lesson from ayahuasca, step back, you know, and, uh, I'm used to, getting the lessons now so sometimes I just reach out and say what do I do and it's it's you know often in the moment because of the heated nature of of how those things unfold sometimes there's a lot of you know there's almost always this love component it's like you've got to step back and and shake off the strong feelings that you have and then you know love him I've got an eight-year-old son and then we'll work out later you know what's behind all of that because there's something to heal there always, and and we're always doing it, you know. So, um, which brought up another issue, which was me being hard on myself for not getting it, you know, for not being that ultimate parent that we all want to be, you know, that's always loving and never loses their patience or temper or, you know, and, and it's a great goal. I'm not saying that that's not good and that's not what we want. Of course we want that. But, you know, I think the biggest goal is being okay with ourselves when we don't achieve that, you know, every time and being aware of when we do, you know, um, it's not been easy to live with this wonderful, guidance of ayahuasca because um what it does of course is it it outlines all of those things that i'm doing that work against me or that are not along the lines of 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 what's healthy and and what's you know my path so um very quickly i had to get over the ego part of me that wanted to defend myself and um either i defend myself which didn't happen as often as me just getting really down on myself afterwards, you know, because I'm receiving this all the time. So you can imagine, <laughs> like, <clears throat> I mean, in a day, I'm going to get several lessons, right? So um, I had to very quickly get a handle on that and, and not be so downtrodden um, about it. And it took a long, long time, and, and, and it's still a work in progress. But, um, yeah, being a parent is a challenge. <clears throat> she is just it. You know, to me, as you're talking, the image of a mirror kind of came up, and it's amazing, you know, what she shows us about ourselves, whether we're ready or we want to see it or not. The mirror! I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it feels like to me sometimes. Like, you know, I, you know, we may have traits that we aren't so proud of, but we can justify sometimes, you know. But for me, what ayahuasca has done is I'm so aware of those things that I want to change. Right. Not that they're all changing right now, because that's that's not happening. I'm human. Mm-hmm. But it is almost impossible for me not to see when there's something there that I want to change, if that makes sense. It does, and it is changing. It's just that I think that we are programmed to focus on 
on the negative. Like, I, I mean, and I'm sure this sounds pretty general and, and we can relate to it, but um, the degree to which this happens in our thinking is really phenomenal. So um, it's, it's, it's a paradox. You know, we've got this voice like you and I can identify with this particular um, form of experience where we get, you know, guidance and lessons and on the spot, like while it's happening. And, uh, and we respond, and, and it's ongoing. And I, I lose the sense of the work that I've done and the accomplishments that I've made because my focus is constantly on what I haven't done, you know. And it's very skewed, and, and that's been shown to me as well. Um, in fact, that is the remedy that ayahuasca gives me every time I get down on myself um, for the things that I haven't quite, you know, achieved to, to my own liking just yet. And to a, a, what I consider to be a, a healthy degree. Because once that happens, it's over and the focus is no longer on that. The focus is on the work, mm-hmm. right? And the work is mm-hmm. things you have to accomplish. But every now and then when she senses me getting down on myself or feeling, um, you know, overwhelmed by all the work, you know, she shows me. She continually reminds me of where I was last year and the year before that and the year before that. And, you know, even sometimes a month before that depending on how much work we've done. And I I can see and I know I'm changing all the time. So because the focus is on the work, sometimes we don't really get that sense of how much we're accomplishing, but we're accomplishing so much. You know, just being able to look at that. Think of before when that would never even be something that you would be willing to delve into, you know. You're the parent. They're the misbehaving child. (laughs) It's routine, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. and now we're opening it all up and opening all doors and saying, okay, let's let's figure out how we can do this better and how I can do this better, you know. And and the mirrors, oh my God, our kids are are mirrors given to us by the universe to show us. I, I see my behavior in my son all the time. Oh yes, I always joke about my youngest. He's he's a little me, and it's. So you have a me trying to raise a little me, and and sometimes that's very interesting. <laughs> right. So can you see how when you love yourself, when you truly, deeply love yourself with all of those things that you consider to be flaws or whatever, that you're actually literally becoming a better parent in doing so? Because there's your mini-me. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Um, before I did medicines, I was engaged in shamanism and journeying um, without medicines, but it had a profound effect on me. And this guidance started then. It was just a very different um, form. And that mirror, oh, my God, that showed up right away. And every time I asked a question, why is this person doing this? Why is that situation happening there? And, you know, why doesn't this happen and that in my life and out there? And this mirror show up and answer. The mirror was the answer to every single question or problem or whining I did. It was always the mirror, right? And then finally I just submitted and said, fine, tell me what I need to know. And and that that's a really good place where things really open up. I mean, they know how to get you there and it's not always going to happen instantaneously it's going to take time but uh these uncomfortable difficult things are there to to help us in a lot of ways Um, i agree we certainly don't grow in our comfort zones and we didn't come here to not grow so you know our difficulties as much as we want to go through life without them 
our difficulties make us who we are. Right. And for somebody to go through life without any difficulties, I, um, you know, what, what lessons were learned there? And they're a message, you know, to say, like when we're, when we react strongly or something, that's a message. Just like our body gives us messages saying, here, now, you, now you've discovered this, this area that, that needs work. It's like um, a secret message and we got it. Um, so, uh, so, I'm sorry, I lost track of my thought there. Um, that's okay. Uh, so with your kids, did, did they, did they, um, are they aware of what you did? Like, are you open with it about, you know, what you did and, and do they see the change in you? And, and I, I just want to know a little bit about that and how that unfolds, unfolds for you. Uh, for sure. My, I'm very open about it. That's great. I have a 16-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Um, clearly, the 8-year-old and the 5-year-old don't quite understand, you know, what ayahuasca is, but they know that mommy went and did, did some medicine to feel better. And, you know, my 16-year-old knows exactly what I went to go do. Um, and... I would like to think, I mean, I'm pretty sure if they were asked, they certainly notice a difference. Yeah. Um, my, my depression never came back. I have days that, you know, would be considered kind of a bad day, but we all have bad days. Yeah. But, but that's all it is. I'd never feel that darkness pulling me down again. You know, my anxiety is, is uh, gone. Um, that's wonderful. You know, so I, yeah, it, it totally changed my my demeanor, you know, in the way that I deal with them. Before I went, I was that mom that, that yelled. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I could ask nicely four times and nobody would hear me, but I could yell once and stuff got done. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was definitely a yeller. Um, and when I came home, it just wasn't the case. It, you know, I just I used reasoning, you know, with my kids in ways that I... I had never tried before, and it made sense to me, and it made sense to them. Right. You know, uh, you know. With that, with that being said, I will use this time to just kind of uh, express the importance of of integration and and continuing that integration because I I do feel like I got to a point uh, towards the end of last year where where things were you know life was kind of piling up, and and I let a little bit of of that integration go if that makes sense, and I, and I felt a little bit more of my old habits coming out. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of a, you know, an eye-opening, eye, an eye-opening thing of, no, this is, this is, this is a lifelong work. It's not, you're not going to go on retreat and, and spend a few months making some changes and, and calling it a day, you know, it is, it's a commitment. It's a commitment yeah. to know the way that we want to live and know who we want to be and, and putting in the work every single day. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so that, and I, and I am starting to, or I should, in the last month or so, a couple months, I've I've definitely been getting back into more meditation and just dropping in, you know, with myself and checking in and being being more aware and catching myself in those moments when I'm not acting in, in the way that I want to act, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. when I'm not being authentically me, because it's right. easy to do, it's easy to get back in them old habits. Um, I am 
going back on retreat in May to Lotus Fine Journey in um, Terrapoto, Peru, in May. So I'm really looking forward to see what my next round with the medicine holds and, right. and you know, what she has in store for me, the you know, lessons that I can learn and yeah, um, that can be done. I like what you said about just, you know, the commitment to integration. It's it's a mindset, you know. Um, we all have goals. You know, a lot of people can relate to the goal of success, um, the goal of wanting better relationships, um, all, uh, fitness, all of these things. Um, and integration is is has got to be one of those goals that you really want. You can't expect it to just kind of happen because um, you're making decisions all of the time in your life. And... As you say, you know, because of our habits, because of the way that we've lived for many years, it's it's a strong pull, and it has to be a very deliberate thing that you want to to do something different because it's it's going to be a challenge. Um, but the rewards are are phenomenal, you know. And any goal that you have, if you think that it's separate from integration that's simply not true <laughs> you know and that's why yeah, when, when we go and do the medicine and say I want this and I want that all these intentions like over such a long period of time my, my intentions have changed entirely in fact ayahuasca pretty much gives me my intentions now I just take the shortcut because we say I want this and then she says well here's what you actually need to focus on and it's like okay and, and after a while of this you're going okay well tell me what I need you know let's just let's just cut straight to the chase right and uh and and she'll just continually bring me back to this essential um authenticity and love that I need to return to um, because all of those goals I want to achieve has everything to do with that. It's just, it's, we like to put them in compartments and say they're all separate, just like we do with our body and everything else. And she just continually shows us that, no, it's one big swirl, and at the heart of it is, is love. And at the heart of it is, is you know, self-love and, and authenticity, because your authentic self is that, you know. And it seems so simple incredibly simple um but when you return to a society like ours that um that claims these things on the surface but the the energetic and the behavioral aspect of of living in this in in this society you see that there's a lot of manipulation and deception and inauthenticity and 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 a lot of it masquerading you know as as very healthy normal things um and in fact you know they are normal normal meaning they're the norm and what we're doing is trying to change the norm, and that is big work. That's huge work. And um, for those of you that sometimes get... Norm doesn't always mean healthy. Right, yeah, because we, we, we've created this world called normal that we associate all kinds of good, healthy things to. Um, but we're an unhealthy society, very clearly. Um, depression, addiction, um, anxiety is rampant. Um Ill health is just, it's so common. There's very few people that don't take some kind of meds. <laughs> I mean, you know, health care is a big discussion all the time because it's a big issue. And it wouldn't be if we were all terribly healthy. We wouldn't need all of this, you know. Um, so normal, you know, let, let's face it. Uh, is is not necessarily healthy, and you know we've got to open ourselves up to do some from very dramatically different things, and that's going to be a challenge. But um, again, the rewards I think are 
utterly equal to the challenge, if not greater than the challenge. And of course, you only see that in retrospect. <laughs> so that, that's where faith comes in, you know, and it's important. Uh, and I think that the experiences that we have with ayahuasca are powerful enough to create the, the kind of faith that we need to do that. But again, it's, it's a personal choice. You know, we can allow that focus to drift and to go back into unhealthy states. And, and it happens, you know. This is not one straight upward road. There's going to be bumps and curves and dips, and I've experienced them all and continue to. Despite the fact that I have this guidance, it doesn't make me perfect at all. It just makes me more aware and, and uh, continually changes um, my intentions, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's accomplished a great deal. And, and yeah, it, you know, you can actually get to the point where your, your addictions change. <laughs> you become, you know, obsessed with, with this sort of thing. And, and no obsession is great, but um, if you're going to have something that you focus on uh, completely, you know, this, this would be a good thing to move towards. Um, what I often remind people of, I don't know if you received this, but when the, the first center that I went to do ayahuasca, um, they, along with our diet, our dieta, it was also recommended that we not engage in the kind of media that, that is like violent or, you know, unhealthy in, in other ways, you know, things that just basically stay away from media that would have strong reactions like that. And a lot of us are, uh, are have become immune to it, but, um, I found that to be uh, to help make things less challenging because there's a uh, there's a theme and a and a sort of understanding in a lot of these these movies that um, you know can can kind of move you back into that space of yeah that's normal and and that's good you know I mean it's it's written by and produced for people who are celebrating you know. Um, a, a lot of really unhealthy things about about our lifestyles or unhealthy lifestyles that they, that they support, and it's programming, you know. And if we if we want to subject ourselves to that, that's it can work against this this kind of integrative work um, and reinforce a lot of things that that we're trying to move beyond. Um, there's a lot of beliefs behind that 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 we're working to to change. So. Just be aware of it, you know. It's 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 not a strict thing. Nobody do this. It's just, you know, see see if you can recognize that and how you feel about it, and that gives you a better opportunity, you know, to change. So, um, are you still doing the the coaching? I mean, this must have have uh, changed a lot of things for you. It did change a lot of things. I before I went, I thought for sure I knew I wanted to be a nutrition coach, and when I came home, that. Nutrition is still very important to me, um, but I feel a pull that there's more to what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not really sure what that is. I okay. keep getting... Um, sorry, sorry about that. I'm just looking at the time. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I mean, I have this feeling that you're moving in that direction anyway. It's just that ayahuasca makes us reevaluate everything, right? And you're in that tremendous reevaluation stage which is wonderful and uh, I look forward to see what changes come about as a result of your next ceremony um, we're going to have to close things off now though and I thank you so much for, for sharing so generously about your experiences with us today thank you so much for having me I appreciate it. I love sharing, sharing, especially with people who are interested in learning right, wonderful, thank you so much Miranda take care you, you have a great day thanks, you too Bye-bye.
You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Please visit us at radioregent.com and join our live chat, or connect with me at rebeccahayden.com.